Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heart and Hand is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. This season we've teamed up with Ladbrokes and we'll be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, you can get this by following the link at bet.ibroxrocks.com. That's bet.ibroxrocks.com. We'll be tweeting this bet £5, get £20 link, adding it on our Facebook and we've put it in the description of this podcast too. Hello everyone, my name is David Edgar, welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the, the Rangers pod making its second appearance after last week's record-breaking, record-setting uh, interview with Kevin Thompson. This week I expect to do a lot better and there's no pressure at all on uh, debut podder today, Mr David Griffiths. How are you doing, Dave? Hello, hello, I'm doing great, thank you very much. Well... I'm not sure I can outshine Kevin Thompson. I loved his contribution, loved his story, but uh, I shall do my best. Yeah, well, as I say, I think if we just accept from the start that it's probably not going to, to hit those heights. Maybe one day, Dave, you'll end up taking out a Celtic player in the middle of the park and becoming an icon, but we can't promise anything. Indeed. My dream my dream has just been stated. Yeah, Indeed. Well, that, that I haven't given up yet. You know, that that's the thing, I haven't given up. <laughs> when people say, you know, did you grow up dreaming of playing for Rangers? I say, I'm still growing up dreaming of it. You know, <laughs> it might still happen. Now, uh, the, 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 part, the point of this show, as we'd, we'd mentioned last week, is we will do the odd special feature like the Kevin thing, but mainly it's going to be a, a sort of review of the week and a preview show. And as I was just uh, telling Dave off, off air there, normally uh, what we found is if we had a midweek game and then a game at the weekend the the first one would sort of get pushed into background just because the time that it had taken you know before the pod had come it wasn't as fresh in people's memory and then obviously at Rangers the last game is always the most important so this is, is probably a good week to start because if ever a performance deserved 
a little bit of praise and a little bit of analysis. I think it was uh, this Wednesday night when Rangers defeated Dunfermline Athletic 6-0 in the League Cup. I'm not even going to bother with who sponsors it or whatever because it changes every 20 minutes. It'll always be the Skull Cup to me anyway. But um, Dave... We'd hoped for a performance. Uh, we, we result was the main thing, but we'd hoped for a performance. We certainly got it. So yeah, unbelievable performance. I'm just staggering. Uh, uh, one note I got from a mate who texts me through every single game said, "Christ, playing unbelievably," and it's true. This is what it's like. I think people just couldn't believe how well we, we looked, and that, that's this one. It's magnificent to see, and that, it's straight because it, you saw elements of this, and you know. Suggestions of this in Sunday's game where Windus was playing like improvement in Windus. Yeah, I mean the guy's playing like a man possessed. I mean it's only two or three weeks ago we heard he had a bad attitude and Pedro didn't fancy him and all this stuff. And I think we were all thinking, well, we didn't see an awful lot last year, but there was always some promise there. You know, particularly before he came to us, some of the goals he scored looked absolutely staggering. So I'm delighted to see him put you know his head up and looking to get forward. That's just that's wonderful. And we seem to have this solidity and centre midfield and the centre defence as well so it's it's like you guys were saying last week you know there's a spine and a backbone too differently you know so it's it's terrific but as long as we can ally to that a cutting edge we will beat an awful lot more teams than we don't that's for sure and uh, yeah I think last night was very promising to see the striker scoring and that's you know, long overdue, but thank goodness they did. So hopefully we've got at least the beginnings of a team who can make a challenge now. And that's, that's that's I think, all we can hope for at the moment. The first 26 minutes were exceptional. I mean, genuine, out-of-your-seat stuff. I can't believe this is happening. This yep. is fantastic. But even for the rest of the match, what pleased me was, deep into the second half, when we're 4-0 up at half-time, we're 5-0 up after an hour, a team can sit back. The game was still played in the Dunfermline half because our team just kept pressing. As soon as the ball came out of half, as soon as a Dunfermline player had possession, we were on them. And yeah. let's be honest, there's a league apart. We we know this, right? There's no, We're not trying to kid anything. It was Dunfermline, we get that. But the manner yeah. of the performance was such that it was a, just a complete dis- dismissal of it's like we are better than you and we're going to show in every aspect of the field. And it's been a long time since a Rangers team did that. Indeed, indeed. And I think that it's that kind of gallus swagger that we haven't had. And I think a lot of games under Warburton, if you remember, they would start off so brightly, you know, we'd go off like a like an express train, but then in 15 minutes it faded. And then we'd either wouldn't score or else we'd score and then we'd concede, a bit like on Sunday, and it would just fizzle out altogether. And that's clearly not happening now. I mean, there just seems to be a, a willingness to compete which wasn't there previously, which very much is there now. And we need it. We need it. Good God, we need it. Because you know that every team in the Premier League will up their level against us many-fold. We all know that. They've all done it. They've done it for years. And yeah, this cheating nonsense, this this latest thing, they're going to be doubly motivated, it seems. So, OK, right, in that case, thank God we found this, this fighting spirit because we're going to need it. The physicality as well, you're absolutely right. And I think that that was, was summed up by... Bruno Alves and, and Fabio Cardoso, who they just are complete no-nonsense defender. Already yep. at this point, Cardoso looks as though he's going to be one that we're going to struggle to keep in a good way. You know, that, that yep. you're looking at this point going, no, he, he's going to head down south for a lot of money soon. And again, sure. just effortless. He, he looked like what you would hope he would look like against a team of Dunfermline, which was a guy from a completely different level up against, yep. you know, try-hard players, but guys that, yep. that aren't in his league. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, he looked solid on Sunday there, obviously, that ball floating into the box for the equaliser didn't look too clever. But yeah, he does look like a guy who's going to 
putting a tackle and he looks like he's he's not going to gift possession away either so no very very promising so yeah I think we've, we've made crucial strides in, in, in the main areas where we've needed to make you know changes and I think the only thing maybe is delivery from wide could still be a bit better so who knows if this Walker thing's ever going to happen I don't know but promising and you know it's just great in the aftermath of a, of a win like that the feel good factor is incredible and you'd have seen all the the, the, the messages on Twitter last night people are saying oh we're going for 55 again yeah maybe we'll see but let's at least we're competing at least we look like a team now thank goodness yeah we, we look as if we can play a bit of football a point you made there um, that I do want to pick up on was about a few weeks ago, we'd heard about splits in the dressing room and we'd heard about, yep. you know, that the attitude was and players didn't seem to like the manager. I noticed that when Bruno Alves scored, he headed straight for Pedro and the rest of the team went with him. I, I personally... I saw that. Uh, yeah, I, I personally don't believe a team that are at odds with each other or internal war can play with that togetherness that you saw last night. I, I, I personally don't see how that's possible because they were fighting and covering for each other. Uh, again, it's Dunfermline, yep. we need to put that caveat ahead of absolutely everything. But it doesn't resemble a fractured dressing room. And we've seen it, Rangers, at times over the years when a dressing room isn't there for the manager. I mean, for me, the, the, the archetypal um, example of that will always be the 2000-2001 season under Advocat. Well, yep. so many players chucked it. And you could see that, you, I mean, you could basically see the dislike um, at certain points. I just don't believe a team that is riven with internal uh, internal battles can perform the way they did last night. Indeed, yeah. I, I, you go back to the time you're mentioning. You know, we, we Advocate come in and we had that incredible first couple of seasons, and then unfortunately we got the, the it seemed to be the Dutch clique and you know you'll have heard the stories about everybody being out in El Pavoni and then the, the, the Scottish players went away and one of them went back to get his jacket and there's Advocat with all the Dutch players had gone back and you think hang on so we don't need that that's that's gone thank goodness but yeah it's, uh, we, we all hear stories don't we and the story I'd heard after the uh, the Luxembourg fiasco was that uh, there was a big Barney in the dressing room and five or six players had said, "Look, come on, these tactics. We're not going to win anything. Like this is this isn't good enough." And uh, allegedly, Jordan Rossiter went out unsanctioned, gave an interview and said you know, how sorry he was, and apparently that's why he was he's been off with the under twenty ones for a couple of weeks. But he was certainly in last night. It didn't look to be any hangover from that. So no, it doesn't. That didn't give the impression of a of a dress, dressing room riven with factions. Far from it. And crucially, as you said, if they're going with the boss. You don't run over to your boss if you've got a hard one for him. You're not going to do that. <laughs> no. You're going you're to stay away. You know. So uh, you know. You know. It's like. I mean, you like me, somebody who resents authority. I'm sure. So, but you, you know, you, you're not going to run over to your boss unless you really feel that was for you, pal. You know. It's, it's very, very encouraging, and it, it, it does seem like they believe in him. So, thank God. I mean, we need some belief in this guy. You know. He's, let's face it. He's either an idiot or a genius. It's one of the two. Mm. So, um, let's hope it's the latter. For God's sake, for all our sakes. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's either going to end spectacularly in tears, or it's going to be absolutely brilliant and, and a lot of people are going to have to have to eat humble pie now um, again something to, to touch as we move we'll sort of transition now to, to the game on Saturday goes without saying yep. that it's going to be more difficult again a point you made earlier about teams who are going to come in and fight I think that you know out with Celtic and Neil Lennon managed Hibs is, yep. especially after the last few years and the rivalry that built up the championship uh, the Scottish Cup final um, I think still will, will rankle with Rangers fans especially the, the behaviour of the Hibs fans and, and, and management afterwards and I mean it goes all the way to the boardroom obviously I think Rod Petrie uh, well known Rangers hater so I would say mm-hmm. that that's probably coming to Ibrox 
the most fired up non old firm match that we'll get and I include Aberdeen in that. Uh, I think yep. that the the levels of um fight in the opposition on Saturday will be huge. So I mean to to go back to, to the your predecessor Kevin Thompson, does that does that sound nice? That sounds great. I mean, I'm filling big shoes there, I know, but I'm going to try. <laughs> um, but going back to what he said about you've got to be up for a fight because it's everybody's cup final, I think I, I can't think of a, a game at Ibrox anyway, more so than yep. what Saturday's going to be. Indeed, yeah. I mean, we'll know, you'll know over the, over the last few years. The, the, the battles with Hibs got more and more, I don't know, edgy. They became unpleasant. Mm. And uh, you're right, but the, the cup final, that will linger long in the memory. Those scenes were just dreadful. And as you say, Petri, Petri, really his utterances were just appalling. They were just scandalously irresponsible. And let's face it, we all know what happened that day. There were some in the Hibs crowd who were, you know, big fat mummies and stuff who just wanted to get on the park for their, famous, their, their final uh, eventual win of the Scottish Cup. But there were some guys who went on and deliberately targeted Wes Fodringham, certainly Jason Holt, and certainly Lee Wallace as ex-Hearts mm. players. So, I mean, that's what happened. And there were punches thrown. There were thousands of these bastards on the pitch. And to see police cordons turning their back on them and looking up at the Rangers fans in the stand as this, this horde swarmed past them. It was just absolutely disgusting, you know, really. And I, I did go outside five minutes after that game and I saw these fat Middle East cops panting as they jogged in from Greg's or whatever the bloody hell they'd been sent. And you just thought, this is just farcical. You know, I mean, they'd obviously stood them down with two minutes to go saying, don't worry, it's going to extra time, lads, go and get yourself a bridey or something. So off they went, you know, and these Muppets run on the pitch. And, uh, and you see Scotland's finest singularly failing to cope with it. But of course, straight away in the paper, and, and, and you'll probably remember on face, Facebook that night, some guy tried to tell me it was all the Rangers fans' fault, and you just think, what what kind of parallel universe are we living in here? Seriously, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, that's that's the, 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 those are the seeds of it, obviously. But, you know, some nasty stuff was said also after that, um, you know, the, the Scott Allen thing, all of that. It just, it just became a wee bit shitty. And I mean, down the years, Hibs have always been... You know, it's like, I remember Richard Pryor saying this about, you know, the USA fighting Libya. Obviously, the USA fighting Russia's Rangers and Celtic. But when it's the US and Libya, the little small country, it's just saying, shut the fuck up and sit down, you little bastards. That's, <laughs> that's how I've always seen the, the relationship with Hibs. Because it gets so cheeky. But you know what it's like? They're nasty wee bastards too. You walk down London Road, down, down Easter Road. That's not nice at all, you no, know. No, it's not pleasant so, you know, they make it deliberately unpleasant for us. So, you know, there is a definite edge there, but they had the temerity to think they were kind of approaching our level then. And I think it's exactly as you said earlier. We've got to have that that Jim Baxter-style complete dismissal of these inferior uh, opponents. That's what we need to get back into Rangers. And yeah, they'll hate us for it, but who cares? They've always hated us anyway. But, but the, that's what we need. Yeah, so we need to... It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a real edge on Saturday. It's going to be a real test. It's certainly not going to be 6-0. Not a chance. So uh, we'll see. You know, Hibs, are, they're, a, they're a fair side. They demolished Air last week again. That's, you know, the same result as, as, as us in Dunfermline. But no, they, they will be right up for this, so to speak. Their fans will get a good reception, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be feisty. I would not have given a hell of a lot for our chances of winning a scrap under a Warburton team I, 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 you couldn't oh. and the set of players he'd gathered the guys we have now I do feel a lot more confident that if they want to make it a brawl then yep. we will be able to handle that and that we should have yep. better players if we as you say they, they'll be thinking if we play the way we played the other night we'll win and we'll be thinking if we played the way the other night we'll win and I, and I think that, that that's definitely the case for us now 
In terms of how the team will line up, I don't think there'll be significant change. I think you might see Ryan Jack come in for Jordan Rossiter. Yes. Uh, the manager yes. said in his press conference today that it's fifty-fifty on Lee Wallace, and I doubt he'll gamble him in a match of that uh, of that magnitude. So yep. it's. It, it, it's going to be a test, but I think that you know we've we've got the spine certainly with you know Alves, Cardoso, uh, Jack, Dorans, Herrera had a slight knock. He he'll be available again. That's an area I want to talk about. I yep. it's early days, and this is just just a thought at the moment. I, I don't have any evidence. It's just just a hunch, really. It looks to me like it, you can play. Herrera and Morelos and it'll work or you can play Miller and Morelos and it'll work as it did there I'm not sure yet you can play Herrera and Miller I don't I haven't seen any evidence of those two gelling in the way that last night you saw Miller and Morelos gelling Miller played them in so often um, you know for the first goal in particular but they just had that it reminded me a wee bit and I'm not and comparing them as levels of players of the McCoy's Johnston partnership, where yep. one sort of instinctively knew that if the other got the ball in a certain position to make the run, and the other one sort of knew instinctively he's going to be making that run right now, and the amount of times that they would find each other and link up in dangerous positions. So I, I, I do wonder if it's a case of that your first choice strikers might be at the moment. Morelos, uh, eh, sorry, might be at the moment Herrera and Miller, if you're just looking yes. in paper, but it's the old England thing of Lampard and Gerrard they're the two best players, but would you not be better dropping one of them and playing Gareth Barry who's obviously not as good a player but is a better foil for the other one and I wonder if on Saturday it might be a case of just saying well Herrera, the manager doesn't have to make a choice because he can say well Herrera you missed out, you come back for injury, I'll just put you on the bench and stick with Miller and Morelos the other reason being they're both scoring goals at the moment and you know the, the best time to play a striker is then absolutely you, you, you play the players in form and indeed I, I take the point you're making about Sunday that it didn't look like the Miller Herrera partnership was you know made in heaven didn't really look like it at all Herrera didn't really contribute an awful lot um, so yeah it might be that this Saturday I, I can see Miller Morella starting up front, yes, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think probably for the, the reasons you've outlined it, you know, if there's even a question over the guy's fitness, that's, a, that's a, an ideal opportunity to say, you set this one out, you know. I think you're right about Wallace, I'm like he, I think he probably will to play. Other than that, yes, I'm certain Jack will come back. I'm certainly will, so it will probably be the team. Uh, the only the only question mark now is, there's talk now that Ford is uh, in Warburton sites, and uh, that, that would be a very interesting one. It would be interesting if they let him go, but uh, I'm not sure. And what, 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 what do we think of Annick? Is he, is he up to the mark do we think haven't seen a lot of him and I mean he, had, he, he could have been out there last night with you know a, a can of heavy and a copy of the sport and life for <laughs> the amount of work he had to do so it, it's difficult to it's difficult yeah. to judge him on that and I I, I often wonder about that about the cup goalkeeper that it yeah. does give them 90 minutes it got him a debut at Ibrox he hadn't played there before obviously but yeah. for a goalkeeper especially against lower division sides for any big club because I know they do it in England as well it's very popular at the moment I wonder how much work they get and how much you actually learn about them I wouldn't yeah, true. I would think that if Fodering was to go we would need to get someone else in I also would say at this stage now I know we let Martin Waghorn go and I think that was a sensible decision because I don't think he was in the plans. 
West Fodringham is clearly in the plans. And yep. although there's another, I think, 19, 20 days until the transfer window, I think it's getting a bit late in the day to be losing a, a guaranteed first-teamer at the moment. Yep. Uh, and I'm not yep. against this maybe going out and buying a keeper with the, the, and saying to Fodringham, look, if you really want to go, we'll let you go in January, but till then we need to get this guy in, embedded in and make sure he's okay. It's, it's a hell of a change to be making this yep. late and you know into the season. That's not to say if they come in with three, four million on the position to say no. Indeed, and I, th- I think I think in all likelihood, if if something like that, if a bid like that was to uh, land on the on the, the the doorstep, I think it would be very difficult to turn it down. But you're right; it's, it's a different thing changing your first choice keeper from just recruiting another keeper. And we've we've got a history of recruiting like second string keepers who did okay, you know, Ali Maxwell and uh, Snelders even and the uh, Cami Bell. At least you know, they were all right. But eventually, they they did let us down, unfortunately. Because, and, because they're not first just choice can't. keepers for a reason. That's why. That's exactly it. That's it, indeed. Indeed, so it's not really fair to, to put on him. The only guy who kind of held his own, it was Dibble to an extent, Alexander, obviously. I mean, these guys, they, they, they did well. They got us through some crucial games, you know, some real landmark games. But you, you need a first-choice keeper. We, we know that. So, yeah, if they're going to sell him, they have to replace him. I think we'd have to agree on that one for sure, yeah. Yeah, they'd have to bring somebody in, at least, yeah, certainly. Yeah. So, And time is running out. So well, it would be better if it didn't happen, I think. I think I would... I'd prefer it if it didn't. But like you say, money talks. We'll have to see. Keep an eye on that one. But then, going back to the game, Saturday, the following will certainly play then. So, yes, I think we know what the team is. It will be, you know, the two full-backs will certainly be uh, Hodson and um, Tav. And then the, the two centre-backs we've said, Jack and Dorans in the middle. And then um, Windus and... Uh, Kandias. Can't remember who. Oh, Kandias. Kandias. And then um, Millen and Millen's up front is looking like the team, yeah? I'd be surprised if it's very different from that. Yeah, I, I don't envisage there being too many changes to that. And, I mean, that's a team that excites me. I think that there's scrappers in there. I think there's guys who can help us dominate the midfield, an area that in big games uh, under Warburton we singularly failed to do. Um, yep. Even even games we we won, there it was always an up, up for battle in there. Because we didn't, A, we didn't have enough bodies, and B, we didn't have the type of players needed to to do that. I mean, when you think about, you mentioned at start Josh Windass, and I think it's a good point, his improvement is um, a very heartening sign for us. But, I think that the fact that Josh Windass has been allowed to do what he did at Accrington, as you mentioned, he, he, he certainly at least put together a very good YouTube reel there, which he hadn't done no. at, at Rangers. But it was because he was allowed to play out there and do what he's good at, which is getting past people and having a shot. Um, although I, w- I will say that on Wednesday night his tracking back was terrific and I think the fans appreciated that effort from him. But it, we had guys like that in midfield up against these experienced SPFL scrappers, you know, the, these yeah. guys who who will make it a battle, who know when to chuck an elbow into the throat when the ref's not looking, who know when to put, you know, go slightly, leave a bit on the player, that kind of thing. And we didn't have anyone that streetwise. We do now. Jack and Dorans yeah. know what they're doing in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and to be honest, I think that the key battles for us are, one, will we, you know, make enough chances? Feel better about that now than I did... Um, I think the stat from from Fur Park was uh, sixteen shots and two on goal. Now both of them went in, yeah. which is great, but it's, <laughs> it's still not you know the best ratio. But I I think that with the the biggest thing for me will be they've got Simon Murray. I saw it in the United more than I've seen it. I haven't seen him much at Hibs, but I saw him a, a reasonable amount at the United, and he's raw. But he does have that ability to. He's scoring goals at the moment. He's he's a bit streaky. 
A yeah. friend of mine compared him to Eric Bo Anderson in regards to he's one of these guys who can hit you know twelve and ten and then not score for three months, but he's powerful, he's raw. Like I say, he's not a cultured player, but he'll battle, Ooh. and the centre halves will know that he's there. And I think if they can yep. keep him quiet and Doran's. Can, and Jack can exert their authority in the midfield. I'm more confident now that when we make chances, which we will, I mean, we did it for part, we, we did it the other night, that we will yep. be more capable of taking them. Thank goodness, indeed, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Um, one question I was going to ask, I mean, what, what, we talked about Candace very briefly. Him in front of Tav seems to offer a bit more than, say, Bless him, Mackay did, and that seems to be a good thing for Tav. Would you agree with that? Do you think that's helped? Tav was terrific right. on Wednesday night, and he did a few things that that none, no other option that we have can do. And he was responsible. Well, he scored, and he was responsible for uh, it was his shot that led to Morelis's uh, sixth goal to tap in. But he, did, he he had a really really good game. A point made. Um, I watched the game back on Rangers TV, and Hugh Burns was doing the commentary, and a really good point he made is. See, maybe he will improve as a fullback, not so much because of anything he does, but the fact that what he's got next to him. He said last season yep. he he generally wouldn't have a midfielder, you know, t- directly there. Now he'll have, uh, you know, either Jack or Dorans, whichever one is, yep. is playing right side at that moment, to come in and yep. cover when he goes up. And even then, when he's defending, he has Cardoso next to him. And he said, and, and yep. sometimes it's a case of it's not so much the individual player changing a lot in his game is just that the structure of the side will now sure. enhance what he does best, which is obviously yeah. getting forward. I have concerns about Tav defensive. I have concerns about all of our fullbacks defensively. I think that yeah. going forward, we all know that they're good players. But as a as a fair point, we didn't play with a defensive midfielder, or, or certainly not no. one who whose natural Andy Hardy was a trier, but it wasn't his natural game. We didn't play with someone like that. Our centre half pairing was was poor. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was always poor, and maybe now our full backs, if they can um, know that they've got more solid guys inside them, both in midfield and behind them, it might improve them. Um, they might not have to do so much, so they might not look as though they're out of position as often. Against that, we still let Motherwell put in a lot of crosses last week. It was maybe noticeable because of the, the quality of the Motherwell crosses last week, which were excellent, which is maybe why they were so dangerous, but they were given that opportunity. And I'm old-fashioned this way. I have to admit this, uh, Dave, that if... Too many crosses are coming into the box. My first guy to look at is always the fullback. It's got to be, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's his job to close it down and to stop that flow coming in. It has to be with possibly the guy in front of him coming back a little bit, which is what I was getting at. But yeah, I think you're right. If there possibly more with Tav, he's not going to get dragged around so much, hopefully, because he's going to have people more solid next to him. But I mean, you remember the opening minutes of that Scottish Cup final when Stokes just kind of walked through the defence like a knife through butter and yeah. he's like, my God, what the hell is going to happen yeah, here? You know, Rob, it was awful. Rob Kiernan just ushered him to the place where it would be easiest to score from. Absolutely, yeah, God. So yeah, yeah. So all encouraging. So and it, it's it's strange that there's nobody saying anything negative about any of the players. I mean, there isn't one player attracting any real negative criticism just now. Hodson got it a wee bit on Sunday. I felt a wee bit sorry for him. I know he's he, he, he's okay. He did have a poor game on Sunday, but you know, I, I don't think there's any weak link in the team. You had we had Kiernan last year, of course. Bless him, he got it a little bit. We had Waggy used to get it. There's nobody now. The only person you might think how much longer has he got is is good old Kenny. But as long as he keeps scoring. 
scoring and keeps providing, mm. you, you can't really write him off. I and mean, you certainly we shouldn't shouldn't be looking to get rid of him just because he happens to be thirty seven years of age. He's still been in a shift. He's still performing. Absolutely. So, and, and the other thing about it is continue, you know? seeing a big game, and I've I've said this before, but people who were complaining about him getting a year, um, you know, in an ideal world, the two signings, and if we get another one in, and now that Wagon's gone, they're they're your your starters. I absolutely agree with that. And if the Herrera Morelos partnership takes off and Kenny has to drop out, fine. But seeing a big game when you're looking down the bench and you need somebody to come on and do something, I guarantee yep. you, no matter how much that you're a, you know, you can be a real kind of modern football fan and you can be very much sort of like your belief in the Mar- uh, Martello Bielsa systems and all that. If you're looking down that bench and you see Kenny Miller, you're a hell of a lot happier than you're looking down the bench and seeing, you know, maybe a youngster or whatever or an unproven. Yep. Um, and, and the likes of Saturday, this is when he shines. This is. Generally, the games where you you know Kenny Miller turns up, the the big games he's done it a few times against Hibs recently, done it against Celtic. You know these are the games where Kenny Miller sort of gets that extra spring in the step and and goes out there with the confidence. So uh, he has become over the years a, a big game player. Indeed, he, he even even did it Wembley. Remember scoring That's against right, him yeah, from yeah. Gary Gahill right. inside out, and that was only what three years ago. And so he still got it for sure. So yeah, I agree. I think yeah, we, we, I guess in time he will start to be used more sparingly. But at the moment, I'm still delighted he's there. Absolutely, couldn't say couldn't say that more uh, strongly enough. So no, it's, it's all looking positive. So yeah, I mean, I think we've got to keep our feet in the ground here, of course, because who knows what's going to happen Saturday. I remember seeing the start of the of the league season, looking at the first three fixtures, motherwell away. That's that's no bargain. As Rodney Dangerfield would say, it's never ever going to be easy there. And then you've got Hibs at home, Hearts at home. Fair enough, Hearts have faded. But if we can get, not getting ahead of ourselves here, but if we start with three wins there, that's going to be a big, big statement, I think. Huge. You know, it really will set us up nicely. Mm, I agree. So, I, 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 our big friend Scott Vandenacker, who's been on holiday, will be back soon. Um, but yeah. he, he, he texted to me that. His feeling is, uh, this is just before I come to you for a prediction, Dave, and we'll, we'll wrap this up, but his yep. feeling is that uh, he thinks that Rangers will struggle but beat Hibs in quite a towsy match and then beat Hearts comfortably. That, that's his prediction. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stray far from that. I think Saturday, I think Hibs will score. I think you know our defence was clearly tested last week uh, last night less so obviously but you know there were there were signs of creaking in there and something will have to change if we're going to if we're going to keep a, a clean sheet I think Hibs probably will score I think you're looking at something like 2-1 something like that it might be a little bit like the first Aberdeen game last year where we take the lead we'd score a second they get a late consolation it might be something like that I think if they score first it would be good oh that would uh, that would get the nerves jangling so let's just hope we can uh, get first on the scoreboard so to speak but I would say he's right I think Hearts well Cathro's gone I don't, know, I don't even know what they've done have they got really got Kevin Kyle's caretaker manager is that, is that what they've John, done John Daly another so, sorry Kevin Kyle <laughs> John, sorry sorry another dumpling that, 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 Another, Sorry, another, yeah. <laughs> another big striker yeah. from that era, yeah. You're going for 2-1 then? 2-1. 2-1 I'll see, and then I'll follow that up with Hearts 3-0. There but, you go. Um, I'm going to agree with Dave. I think we'll go 2-1 uh, in a, a right blood and snot of match, but I think that we'll come out in charge of that. OK then, folks, uh, so thank you very much for listening to Heart and Hand Extra. We'll be back at the start of next week with uh, another edition of the Flagship Show. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, I'm at IbroxRocks on Twitter. That's at IbroxRocks, R-O-C-K-S, or search for us on Facebook, where you can find us just by searching for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. I'd like to thank my guest today, Dave Griffiths. Thank you very much. Lovely to be on. And thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you again uh, this time next week. Cheers. Bye.
Heart and Hand is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.